Hello. It's good to be starting a new series. Um, We're going to be looking at the parables in Luke's gospel. So if you want to get ahead on the series, it'd be great to perhaps be reading through uh, Luke's gospel and uh, looking out for those parables. I don't know about you, but I love to go to the cinema. I don't get there that often. But when I do, I like to get there early so you get to see all the trailers. Because you never know what kind of film you're going to see in the trailers. And, you know, trailers are very clever, aren't they? Because they last for two or three minutes. But as soon as they start, you know what kind of film it's going to be, don't you? You know that it's going to be a rom-com or an action movie or a thriller. You can tell from the trailer because it gives you all the bits of, of, of the story that you need to draw you in and get you interested in the film. And it'll tell you like the most exciting bits of the story but it probably won't give you the ending. So you're left thinking, oh, I wonder what happens next. And it it makes you want to go and see that film. And parables are a bit like that. They're just short stories full of exciting truth that make you want to find out more about Jesus and his teaching. They don't tell you everything. They don't fill out all the theology you need about that particular story, but they give you enough to whet your appetite. The trouble is that we are often very familiar with all the parables. Even if you don't read your Bible and come to church that often, you'll have heard of the Good Samaritan, the Prodigal Son. And so sometimes we sort of feel, oh, we know that, we've heard that story before. But I hope over this series that you'll maybe ask some questions and look at the parables in a new light. The parable we're going to look at today is the parable of the sower, which is in Luke 8. And as I read it to you, I want you to think of some questions. You know, what does the sower do in the parable? What's the seed about? What kind of soil am I like? Why didn't the disciples understand this simple story? And what is surprising in this parable? So let's read Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, (coughs) excuse me, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When Jesus said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. 
Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Amen. So let's zoom out a bit and think a little bit more about why Jesus taught in parables. Parables are like earthly stories. They're like uh, vivid illustrations that help us understand the truth of God. You know, they, um, they're stories that convey a principle that needs to be put into practice. And many people in those days used parables as a way of teaching. And they were, there was always a mystery or a surprise about parables. They had a twist in the ending And so often people wouldn't understand them straight away. And that's almost part of the purpose, because then they would need to ask questions of the teacher or the rabbi, and they would need to hear the interpretation so that they could understand the truth. And so parables were a way that Jesus called people into discipleship. The price for understanding them was a relationship with Jesus, coming closer to him, asking questions, finding out what he meant. So it wasn't that Jesus deliberately tried to sort of hide the truth. He just wanted to sort of entice people to ask questions and discover the truth through following him and coming close to him. He wanted to draw people in to get them asking questions about what the kingdom of God was all about. Now, the context of each parable is really important, what happens before and what happens afterwards in the place that they're written in the New Testament. So before this parable, in the beginning of uh, the eighth chapter of Luke, we find out that Jesus had been traveling around all the villages and towns and he had been spreading the good news of the gospel, that the kingdom of God had come in his life, that Jesus was the Messiah, that if people would repent and turn away from their old life and believe in him, they could find eternal life. And the disciples had started to follow him. And Luke also records that some women were following him. There was Mary, who um, had been delivered from demons. There was Joanna, who was the wife of the manager of Herod's household. So he would have been a very influential and wealthy man. And there was Susanna, and there was many others. And these women were not only following Jesus, which was pretty radical in those days, but they were using their own money to help fund uh, Jesus and his disciples so that they could keep on spreading the good news. 
I like the sound of those women. I think they would have made a great alpha table. There was Mary who had been healed of all kinds of things and was probably a bit of a wild lady. And then there was Joanna who was rich and influential. And you can imagine them sitting around and listening to Jesus' teaching. Jesus was sowing the seed generously, telling all kinds of people about the good news that he brought. And so in this parable, Jesus is the sower. He's the one who's sowing the seeds generously. Now, there's not many farmers here at Catford, but I know some of you love your gardens and work in your gardens. And uh, Carol Hancock, who's a friend of mine, she comes to King's, she loves her garden. And way back in February and March, when most of us were just sitting on our sofas watching the TV in the warm, she was out in her greenhouse sowing seeds. And she sowed lots of seeds, all different flowers and vegetables. She sowed her seeds generously. And then after a while, some little plants began to pop up. Plants a bit like this. I mean, you know, just little and still fragile and frail. And, you know, some of those plants didn't make it, a bit like some of the seeds in the parable. But eventually, some really great vegetables grew. And I have here one of her tomato plants. I've taken the smallest one because some of them are really big. And there's lots of fruit. It's still got to ripen. But from the seeds that she sowed generously in the spring, she's got a great crop now of vegetables and fruits. And that's what Jesus did. He sowed generously. You know, some of us, when we think about sharing the good news of the gospel and maybe telling some of our friends about Jesus, we sort of pick on someone who we think is receptive and maybe we pray for them and we try and work on them. But, you know, Jesus just spread the seed to anybody and everyone. I wonder if Mary Magdalene, if she was in our work situation, a little bit chaotic, I wonder if we'd have spread the seed to her and told her about the good news of the gospel. Or if we had Joanna in our family and married to someone wealthy and influential, I wonder if we'd take the risk of telling her about the good news of the gospel. This parable says that we need to sow the seeds generously and leave the consequences up to God. doesn't matter whether it looks like rocky ground or the path or whether it looks like good soil. Who, who takes it on board and how they respond is up to them and to God. It's not our responsibility in a way. We just need to sow the seed generously. So what does the seed represent? Well, I'd like to sow some seeds today. I've got some lettuce seeds, and I'm going to ask for five young people to come and help me sow seeds, because, you know, I-5-6 and ID aren't running over the summer, so our young people are with us. So can I have five volunteers quickly? Come on, I can see lots of you young people out there. Come on, five brave, brave volunteers. Come on. Come on, come on. Okay. 
How, how, come on, that's great. That's lovely. That's great. Yes, come on, little young lady at the back there, because I need five. I really want five volunteers. That is wonderful. Let's give them a clap. Now, you can't see here, but the seeds are absolutely tiny. They're really, really tiny. So I'd like you to each take a seed or a couple of seeds. That's it. And I want you to, to plant them in the, in the tray on the table. You got, have you got some? Yeah? So if you take one and you take one of these sticks and make a little hole and then put your seed, seed in. Okay? And just put it in here. Go ahead. Do you want to go first? There we go. That's it. And then just put the, put the stick in so we know where the seed went. That's lovely. Do you want to put your seed in? That's great. Well done. Brilliant. And if you all put your seeds in, that's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, seeds are very tiny, but they are powerful because from one tiny seed, a whole plant can grow. You know, think of an acorn, a whole massive oak tree can grow. And from a tiny seed, this lovely bunch of tomatoes has grown. Seed is powerful. That is lovely. Thank you. That, that's great. You may go back to your seats. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, the seed of the good news of the gospel is so powerful. John Ortberg says, the seed is strong. It's stronger than you can imagine. One tiny seed can break up a pavement if it can just find a little room to breathe. The hardened soul is more vulnerable to being saved than it knows. All we do is sow the seed. And we might think someone's heart is hard. But the seed can get in there and break it up and grow and bear fruit. We just need to keep sowing. Now, obviously, it's great if you've got good soil. But sometimes we can't do anything about the soil we just need to sow the seeds. Now, there are some questions about the soil and the seed. Because if the seeds are so powerful and the good news of the gospel is so good, why is it that the seed doesn't always bear fruit? Why is it that not everybody comes to faith? Well, you know, I think this quote is quite helpful because it talks about the fact that everybody has a choice. God doesn't bully us into responding to his gospel. But the good news of his gospel needs to be properly received into the heart. And the person needs to respond wholeheartedly to Jesus and hold fast to him as Lord and Savior Belief needs to move from head knowledge to heart. It needs to move from interest to saying, I'm sorry, repenting, turning around. And it's going to mean that, the, that as that happens, God's power and presence will come into that person's life. And it will be shown in fruit of repentance. That a person who's truly believed in God will start making different choices 
They will live differently. They will speak differently. They will act differently. They will want to be baptized. They will make Jesus Lord of their life. And if we're the sowers, sometimes we're not going to know who has truly turned to Christ. We won't know necessarily. It might take time to see if that person's response is um, genuine and deep-rooted and is a true commitment. And also, you know, there's a time gap. I mean, these seeds aren't growing yet. I can't see anything yet. And often when we sow the seed, we expect an immediate response. We've got to trust that God will work. And slowly and silently, he will breathe life into someone's life. The other puzzle is that, you know, can people fall away? You know, can they, you know, the, the, be like these little plants? There's signs of life. There's signs that something has happened. And yet they can fall away. What is the parable saying here? Well, remember, parables are just a snapshot. They don't give us all the detailed truth. There are other parts of the Bible we can go to for that. But what Jesus is saying here is that sometimes people respond with enthusiasm, and then, but there's no real commitment. There's no real deep-hearted belief in Jesus. And so nothing comes of it. That's sad, but our responsibility is sowing the seed. Now, the other mystery is why didn't the disciples understand what Jesus was going on about? And why did Jesus say to them, you know, there's going to be those who will see and yet not see and hear and yet not hear? Jesus was going back to a story in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament where Isaiah the prophet was called to speak to the nation about the fact that a Messiah was coming and there was hope of redemption and restoration because they were far away in exile. And Jesus is tapping into this and he's reminding them that actually he was the Messiah that Isaiah prophesied about. He was the suffering servant who took on himself our sin so that we can be forgiven and healed. He was the servant who would find himself rejected and despised throughout his life and yet would come to, to, to bring many to faith and many to new life. It's important to remember that Jesus, although had crowds around him and the disciples, many people rejected him. And the disciples themselves were a work in progress. They didn't always get it until the Holy Spirit came and filled them on the day of Pentecost. It's interesting that the women who, we men- who Luke mentions in the story, they were the ones who did stay true. They were there watching at the crucifixion as Jesus died. They had committed themselves to follow Jesus. They persevered 
And they saw Jesus give himself like a seed to die, to go into the dark of the grave and be raised up to life, to bear fruit in the lives of many. There were surprises in this parable. There's surprises because the sower just seeds, the sower just sends his seed in indiscriminately on the path and the rocky ground and the thorns, as well as on the good soil. And it's surprising that, that from all there was a good initial response. Some people do respond positively, um, but they don't always understand what following Jesus really means. That's why we do Alpha, because we believe that people need time to hear the words of Jesus. They need time to understand it. They need time to hear explanations and ask their questions so that then they can be completely committed to Jesus when they make that decision to follow him. But we shouldn't be surprised that there will be a mixture of responses, and not everyone who makes a profession of faith will persevere. But it does give us pause for thought in our own lives. Are we the good soil? You know, we hear the word of God every Sunday. Many of us read the Bible every day. But do we make sure that it it reaches good soil in our hearts? Do we watch out and make sure that the enemy doesn't snatch the truth of God's word out of our minds and hearts? Do we sometimes respond with enthusiasm, but we don't prayerfully count the cost and we don't follow through with true commitment? Do we let God's word for our lives get choked out by worry and chasing money and jobs and all the busyness of life? Do we really listen to God's word and let it take root in our hearts? Today, I want to say to you, if you're not a believer this morning and you've heard the good news of the gospel lots of times and haven't been ready to say yes to it, it's not too late to do that today. It's never too late for the seed to take root in your heart. It doesn't matter how hardened you've been or how much of a rocky soil you feel you are. The good news can break into your life today. And I think in this parable, you know, the next year the sower went out, maybe some of that would have grown up in the, in the path or on the rocky ground because the seed is powerful. If you're a Christian today, are you listening to the word of God regularly? Are you reading? Are you taking it in? Are you being good soil so it finds root and it comes out in the way that you live and act and speak? And are you sowing good seed? Are you telling the people you know about Jesus? Jesus commanded us to go into the nations and make disciples and tell everybody the good news about Jesus. This week I heard a a brilliant story. Um, It was at a funeral, which is sometimes a sad occasion, but the, the funeral of this lady, Susan French, had also elements of joy because she lived a good life. 
she followed Jesus. And I found out a bit more about her past, that it was as an adult that she came to faith. Someone told her about Jesus, and that transformed her whole life. She put aside some old habits. She began serving in church. She got baptized. She became someone who Jesus was central to her life. She was a little, humble, elderly lady. She used to sit at the back. You probably wouldn't know who she was. But one of the things I found out on Friday was that when she used to go on the bus, and she loved going out, so she was always on the bus, if someone sat next to her, she was very friendly, and she would start chatting to them. And she would always find a way to tell them that she was a Christian and that she loved Jesus. And if there was nobody on the bus, she would just go and sit by the driver and tell the driver that she was a Christian and she loved Jesus. She was just a really ordinary, everyday person, but she found a way to sow the seed generously. My friend Carol sowed her seeds in the, in the springtime and lots of little plants came up, and eventually some bore fruit. And our challenge to you this summer is we want you to grasp the, the idea of sowing the seed generously. And we'd like you to think about sowing at least five seeds, of thinking and praying for five people that you can tell about Jesus you might just tell them in a very simple, small way, a kind word, a kind gesture, just telling them a little bit about your testimony. But because the seed is so strong, we're going to believe that out of that five opportunities, there'll be three people who are curious, who ask questions, where there's a little spark of interest and life. And out of those three you will find a way to invite three people to Alpha. That might seem like that would be really brave, but just think if one of your friends totally gave their heart to Jesus and you saw the fruit in their life, how wonderful that would be. So my challenge to you today and over this summer season is to pray for five people to, to begin sowing the seed generously, to see three people that you could invite to Alpha. And let's believe for each of us, one person will come to faith and bear fruit. So let's hear the word and do it. Let's sow the seed generously. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the band to come up as I pray. Lord God, we just ask that you will fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that we can be witnesses to the good news of Jesus, that you died for us, that you were buried, that you rose again, and that you came to this earth to bring hope and forgiveness and love to anyone who will take the good news and respond wholeheartedly. Lord, as we worship, Bring people to mind. Help us, Lord God, to decide to sow good seed this summer. Amen. Amen.